0: Also, Homes.com Collaboration Tools makes it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com, we've done your homework. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. I drive, center field,
1: hit the wall, grand slam! This is
2: magnificent. Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get
1: ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now here's Frank, Scott, Chris, and Adam. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Today on June 21st. I'm Chris Towers here with Scott White. Uh, happy Father's Day, belatedly, to all who celebrate, including the, the only dad. On the podcast, Scott White. Well, the only father. I feel like I might have some dad tendencies. You know, I like I love a good dad joke. But Scott is the only father on the yeah. show. How yeah, was How is... was your Father's Day, Scott?
2: It was fine. It was fine. You know, mostly worked. But it was it was kind of a whole weekend celebration. A bit too much, if you ask me. But you know, that's that's are you my one of those people who, who
1: don't like like being celebrated like do you not like your birthday i could feel like you could be one of those people who doesn't like your birthday
2: um i'm not like dave richard
1: who he gets hates angry angry if you know it's his birthday <laughs> yes
2: i i uh i would miss it if it wasn't there but in the moment it's uncomfortable i would say to be celebrated but it's 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 nice it's nice to be appreciated in theory, even if I don't enjoy it so much in practice.
1: I, I share that. I, I am obviously not Frank Stample. He is taking the day off. He's feeling a little under the weather. I am refreshed and recharged after a uh, a nice week long vacation that was honestly more exhausting than if I had worked a sixty hour week because I I've had my three and six year old niece here the whole week and. Boy, that makes me appreciate the people who deal with that all the time, even more, <laughs> because that is a lot of work. You and got a dose of fatherhood. I'm I'm looking forward to getting back to just working my job. And speaking of that job on today's show, we're going to get Scott's thoughts on Wander Franco's call up. That's the big news at the top of the show. If you listen to the emergency pod that Frank and I did a little earlier on Sunday, you can hear my thoughts on what to expect from Wander Franco, how to approach his assumed pending call up as has been reported by the Tampa Bay Times at first and confirmed by other sources. He's expected to be with the Rays on Tuesday in time for the start of the series against the Boston Red Sox. Tampa Bay does play six games this week. Uh, we'll also talk about some of the uh, concerning pitcher performances from this weekend. What's wrong with Aaron Nola? Reason to be worried about Corbin Burns, perhaps. Uh, I know we've talked about that a little bit from his previous start. The most added and dropped players from the weekend and everything else from this weekend's games that you need to know about. Biggest performances, latest news, all that. But first, Wanda Franco is being called up. The top prospect in baseball, the top minor leaguer to stash. Would you say wire to wire? Or was there ever a point where Jared Kelnick was, there was a point. top? Okay. There was a point. In fact,
2: I think in the most recent prospects report, top five prospects to stash, I technically had Kelnick Number one, there, head of Franco, but... Of course, uh, in, in most publications, Franco uh, was at the top of the at the top of the prospect list. Every top one hundred list, there may have been one or two exceptions, but pretty much universally, almost yeah, pretty, universally, which is not universally, but almost,
1: yeah, pretty close to a consensus <laughs> number one. I, I think the consensus is he's probably the best prospect. Since Vladimir Guerrero got his made his debut, um, expectation mm-hmm. is he is a. Vladimir Guerrero Juan Soto esque prospect um and the hope is that he can make a an impact like those guys for fantasy specifically you know more of a Juan Soto rookie season impact is that what you're expecting from him Scott I don't think you can expect that
2: anymore from rookies because it, who was the last one to do that uh, that was you know that was regarded at at that stature yeah. I mean because we Tatis. had Brian Hayes last year and Ian Anderson, but they were both kind of surprising that they were yeah. that good. Um, yeah, I would
1: say it's Tatis at the start of the 2019 season. Yeah, yeah,
2: you're probably right. Yeah. Um, so you know, obviously, if Wander is available, given his his pedigree, his upside,
1: obviously, I mean, he's 78% rostered right now
2: on CBS. But somebody showed me that in in certain other major. Yeah. Fantasy service providers who will go nameless. He's he's only about half that rostered, yeah. which is amazing. But yeah, you know, I I wouldn't start him right away unless I was really slumming it at shortstop all this time and desperate to get actual talent in there, then it might make sense. But you know, I, I think I think you have to have I think you kind of just have to wait and see how it plays out before you really calibrate what he's worth to you this season. Uh, the th- the way he always stood down in the minor leagues was uh, back control, how much contact he made, and, and of course, high-quality contact. The power numbers weren't enormous for the most part, but he's 20 years old.
1: Really, so, really. He's the youngest player at AAA this season, um, mm-hmm. I think, for any pitcher or hitter. So, yeah, just a sign of how young he is.
2: Yeah, very young. And, and he had been hot in... June, especially. Um yes. it's 394 in 16 games for the month with three home runs, four triples, five doubles, think a couple steals too. So been filling up the box score. You know, you could have I'm sure it would have been easy to justify calling him up out of spring training, and they kept him pretty late with the major league club. But he's certainly on the kind of run that normally would earn a prospect a promotion like this. So you know, I wonder how they're going to calibrate their infield with Franco here. I'm guessing he's going to play mostly third base, which is he split his time basically at AAA third base and shortstop.
1: And a little uh, second as well.
2: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, um, I would guess Joey Wendell plays mostly second base. I would guess Brandon Lau plays mostly the outfield and they kick. Uh, Brett Phillips has been getting a Brett lot of Phillips playing time. Him. Yeah, there's, there's no reason for that to continue. But you know, hopefully, hopefully Franco is everything he's he is uh, expect everything he's been hyped to be right away. Hopefully that happens right away, and you got a stud rest of season. That is certainly a possibility.
1: Yeah, he has the eighth highest weighted runs created among all hitters in Triple A right now. Uh, Like we mentioned before, he's 20 years old, um, youngest player in Triple A, has the the highest uh, strikeout rate of his career. This season, eleven point five percent. So like you mentioned, the plate discipline is exceptional. That is, you know, arguably the biggest calling card for him. But the expectation is he should develop into at least average, probably above average power uh, thanks to the the plate discipline and back control as well. Um, what percentage of your remaining fab would you drop on Wander Franco if he's available and, and where are you planning on ranking him at shortstop?
2: Oh, yeah, I meant to do that so I could have an answer for you. <laughs> uh, probably, he would probably move into the top 15 right away. Just, you know, I'm I'm being pretty conservative since the prospect mm-hmm. columns have burned us so much recently. But, you know, obviously this is, ex- this is as exciting as it's going to get this year. I, the one exception maybe being when Kalnick was called up and that didn't work out. Uh, but yeah, quick glance at my shortstop rankings. Yeah, 15, 16 sounds about right to start out with a lot of room to move up from there. Uh, higher and, and or
1: lower than Dansby Swanson? Higher. Okay. Higher, yeah. Would you drop Swanson? I in guess a I shallower <laughs>
2: points league? <laughs> yeah, I guess if it came to that, I would. I
1: mean, in, uh, in a Jorge shallower Polanco? league. I'm sorry? Jorge Polanco, Gio Urshela. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Brandon Crawford,
2: I mean the kind of shallow league where Franco's still available. I don't; you, these aren't impact bats sure. in that kind of league, so I, I don't think you'll miss them that much. So yeah, I would take the I would take the shot on upside in that scenario. And if you're talking about Fab, I mean, gosh, I think I'd use at least half of what I have left. Yeah, I mean the, the season's almost half over. Uh, I might go as high as seventy five percent if if. Uh, if, if it was a league where zero dollar bids counted and you don't have to reserve as much.
1: All right, let's transition over to the weekend. And I, I know we've got Frank on the boards. He's not on the show. He's feeling a little under the weather, but, but Frank, you got the drop for us. Scott, can you do it please? Oh my goodness gracious. Of all the dramatic things I've seen. It doesn't, in my life. No, Scott, he doesn't
2: play that part.
1: Who's your, it. oh my goodness gracious player from the weekend. I'm going to go with Adam
2: Duvall. Duvall. Yeah. I'm going to go with Adam Duvall, who had back-to-back two homer games. He's up to 16 home runs on the season. That's as many home runs as he had all of last season. (laughs) Um, You know, but uh, in about the same length of time. So, you know, I was among those who said, okay, Adam Duvall, pretty good power hitter, but those 16 home runs he hit in 57 games, come on.
1: And it was like eight in a five-game stretch or something, right? Didn't he have some, like, crazy run last year? Yeah, something like that. I,
2: I mean, he had two, three homer games yeah. to get to 16. Uh, well, he had a four-homer weekend this weekend. It's an, only in 62 games, so five more games than the 16 last year. And entering Sunday, he actually led the NL in RBI, 52 RBI. That's way more than the 33 he had last year. He's not giving you anything in batting average. He never has. But,
1: um, no, how rostered is he? Not, he's not very rostered. You know what's amazing? Here's an incredible fact. The top two in RBI in the National League right now are both on the Marlins. That is isn't about that? Adam Duval and Jesus Aguilar. That must be every single run that the Marlins have scored this season has been driven in by those two players. He's
2: only forty-two percent rostered. I don't. I don't think he's going to be starting caliber in points leagues all that often. Uh, It's it's still an all or nothing profile. It's still when he's not hitting those home runs, he's not doing much for you. But he he's looking like kind of the. The the best of the all or nothing players right now for four, four second straight year because he was up there last year too so I think he's certainly five outfielder material and you know probably just probably just keep him plugged in in a five outfielder league like that
1: yeah and, and I will point out it's been a lot more all than nothing uh over the last three seasons since the start of 2019 he's played 159 games 42 homers 104 RBI 80 runs scored now. He's only hitting 237 in that span. Batting average is never going to be a strong suit. And to be fair, he was having a pretty bad season until three days ago. Uh, He had a 666 OPS uh, heading into play on Friday. But that's how it
2: goes with those all or nothing players.
1: Yeah. Um, And (laughs) And and now he needs
2: the NL and RBA.
1: And I'll, I'll transition to another all or nothing player who I assume if he, if I hadn't taken him first, you probably would have taken.
2: You know, to be honest, I since Frank wasn't isn't hosting the show, I didn't think we were going to do. Oh my goodness gracious! So I just uh, I just totally pulled Duvall. It. There's probably a bet somebody who made me say, "Oh my goodness gracious!" even louder than that.
1: Well, yeah, and and maybe you're going to pick him, Kyle Schwarber, oh, who yeah. one upped Adam Duvall with five mm-hmm. home runs over the last two games two home run game on Saturday, followed it up with three home runs on Sunday. He's got three multi-home run games in his last eight, hitting 400 in that span with eight home runs and somehow still underperforming his expected woe before the season by about 20 points. Um, He's got that OPS right up to about 850. And that's about where you're hoping for from Kyle Schwarber. How How do you feel about Kyle Schwarber now? I feel good. I like him better than Duval. Uh I mean
2: his numbers are be- even better other than the RBI, his numbers are even better than Duval. Uh he's yeah, he's he's kinda all or nothing, but he, he walks some too. So that redeems him to a degree in points leagues. And
1: um yeah, I'm I'll admit, I didn't realize Kyle Schwarber was so good in May. He had an awful April, 619 OPS, but an 857 OPS in May, uh, 861 OPS coming into his three homer game. So I'm going to guess that's around 1,000 now so far in June. But right. Kyle Schwarber has been, He's been know, a very solid version of himself basically since the first month.
2: Since April, and I'm I'm kind of at a point where Maybe I shouldn't say. Maybe I shouldn't apply this as like a blanket policy, but it feels like certain players you just got to throw out their April because it was just it was a historic anomaly that month. Uh, and you know, if if you do that for Kyle Schwarber, this is basically the best Kyle Schwarber we've ever seen. It's it's basically the same one we were getting in twenty nineteen.
1: Yeah, yeah, he was very good in twenty nineteen, especially in the second half of that season. Uh, so before we move on to. Uh, News and notes from the weekend, injuries, all the rest of the performances. Just want to let you know about what's on CBS Sports HQ this week. As always, CBS Sports HQ is the network to start your sports news day at 8 a.m. Eastern with morning buzz, an hour of highlights, news, and all the days need to know news. Come back or leave us on all day at 6 p.m. When we break down all the night's action and release dozens of picks from the best analysts and cappers in the sports world, how do you watch HQ? It's easy. Go to your Roku, Apple TV Fire TV or any connected TV device and look for that CBS Sports app. Fire it up. Check out IHQ, the only 24-7 free sports streaming network. And a reminder, Fantasy Baseball Today, we're going to be here live on YouTube Monday, June 21st, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern to do a Q&A to get you set up for the week and you know, hang out, answer your questions, make some trades. Maybe you'll see an appearance by my cat. We'll talk about baseball, life, the universe, everything. So <laughs> hop on by, join the YouTube chat, 7 p.m. Eastern time on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash fantasy baseball today. Subscribe and uh, you'll get notifications for when we go live, including for this show uh, on you know early, early mornings on the East Coast most days, although in the evening tonight. News and notes from the weekend. After playing catch on Sunday, Jacob Degrom confirmed he will start Monday for the Mets, which sets him up for a two-start week. The way this has gone the last uh, what three starts, it's been he's amazing for a couple of innings, and then we we all freak out when he leaves, and then he he ends up being fine and makes his next start. And I don't know, yep. but, <laughs> I don't know, man. This that is sums what, it four, up. Four injuries this season, I believe, for Jacob Degrom, four different uh, injuries. I the only know. injury
2: is in his mind, Chris.
1: Uh, maybe. <laughs> I think it's actually in his back. Maybe his shoulder. Ah, um, uh, yeah. Well, look, it's. It, I think it's going to be nerve wracking from now on. The Jacob Degrom experience is going to be incredibly, incredibly uh, scary, but. <laughs> Hopefully it keeps being good news. It seems like it's just a, a bunch of minor things. And when you're throwing 102 miles an hour, maybe every minor thing in the middle of a start seems major, but I mean, there's nothing actionable. You start Jacob DeGrom, right? Right. Rays manager, Kevin Cash said Friday, Tyler Glass now will be shut down for four weeks while he receives treatments that, you know, the, the team seems encouraged by that news. Uh, I don't know how encouraged I am by that news because that means you're probably looking at at least late August return at the best case scenario because he's probably this probably means no throwing for four weeks and then ramping back up so it's probably yeah
2: I mean they put him on the 60-day IL so late August is is the earliest it, it could possibly be uh, you know you just hope they don't <laughs> he doesn't end up needing Tommy john surgery and then missing all of the 2022. Uh, Frank and I talked about Masahiro Tanaka, Irvin Santana, guys who've been able to yeah. do this. A lot more examples of uh, the opposite, yeah. though. Well, but a more reason one might be Danels Lamette, who had his sure. longest and best, best start of the season Sunday, went five innings, struck out seven. Um, velocity was up a mile per hour, got to 81 pitches, so... If, the Padres have been very slowly bringing Lamette along, I don't know. I don't know if that's any, a model anybody wants to see the Rays follow for glass now, but it's worth yeah, pointing I mean,
1: out. This reminds me of, you know, the Angels with Shohei Otani, his rookie season. It was around the same time of the year. I think when he started having his elbow issues And it, it was from what I understand, the thought process was if Tyler Glass now, or, you know, if a pitcher in the middle of June has Tommy John surgery, the next season's probably a wash anyway. You know, mm-hmm. there's just, the chances of coming back and making any kind of meaningful impact are so slim that you might as well just push it and see if they can come back without having surgery. Cause either way, you're probably losing all of 2022 either way, if he has to have it. So I, I would guess that there's some of that going on where they think that the risk of trying to have him rehab instead of undergoing some kind of surgical procedure uh, outweighs the, the risks. Um, So you know, that, that's maybe the pessimistic take. But if you had no IL spots free, are you hanging on to glass now? I, I would try to
2: hang on to them. I, you know, it, it becomes a question of exactly which who's on your IL already, because there may be somebody on there that you could not miss that much um, and stash glass now instead.
1: All right, we got some some rare good injury news from the Twins side. Byron Buxton returned Saturday, Max Kepler returned Friday. Williams asked Williams asked to deal was option to A. Is Miguel Sano expected to be the odd man out moving forward? I know Nelson Cruz left today's game. I didn't necess- I didn't see anything on that, did you? I have not.
2: I imagine they're going to probably rotate players between a few different positions, Kirloff and Larnick. Uh, Larnak's strikeouts have gone way up, by the way. He's, he's at about a 30% rate now. I know he was having a lot of success early on making contact, but I've grown less interested in him upon seeing
1: that. He did go 3-for-5 today. He did. Um, but yeah, 40 strikeouts and 116 at-bats so far. So yeah. Uh, Blue Jays manager Charlie Montoyo said that upon returning, George Springer will bat 5th or 6th in the lineup. He doesn't want to mess with the top of the order the way they're playing. Uh, And George Springer, I believe, is expected back early this week, possibly Monday. Um, He's on his AAA rehab assignment right now. He started on Friday. Does this lower George Springer in your rankings at all? You know, he was someone who we were looking at as like a top 15 outfielder coming into the season. Obviously, injuries have changed that quite a bit.
2: Yeah, not really. I mean, if he hits, I'm sure he'll start to to move back up and I mean, ultimately, I care about how good the player is more than anything else.
1: Makes sense. Chris Sale is scheduled to throw bullpen sessions Tuesday and Friday. He is 76% rostered. Adbert Alzale will return from the IL Monday. He has a 406 ERA and a 1.04 whip. 71% rostered. Is he someone worth adding in more leagues?
2: Yeah, I would say so. He's... Uh, he's probably second in my two in my sleeper pitchers list for this upcoming week. I think I put him second upon learning he was returning, and he has two starts right away. Might be limited in that first start, but still good numbers overall. The ERA is a little high, but the strikeouts are good. The WHIP is low. I think he probably needs to be rostered in more
1: than seventy percent of leagues. All right, Carson Kelly was placed on the IL with a fractured right wrist. Very frustrating given what a good start he had gotten off to that injuries have kind of derailed things. He'll likely be out at least through the all-star break. Who's your top uh, catcher target on waivers among this group? Max Stassi, William Contreras, Eric Haas, and Jan Gomes all under 50% roster. Or if there's anybody else that you'd rather
0: target.
2: It would probably be... Uh, Probably be Stassi at this point. William Contreras is close. Those would be my favorite too. And if you have to go deeper than that, they did call Dalton Varsho
1: up. Okay, there you go.
2: To take Carson Kelly's roster spot, he started Sunday's game at catcher and then moved to center field later in the game. And he was he was crushing it at AAA. I know previous stints in the majors haven't gone well, but.
1: Still. Yeah, I mean, you don't know, remember Dalton Varshow, he was someone who had a lot of hype in the spring, potential you to know, be a 20-stolen-base kind of guy at catcher, uh, was yeah. expected to play more in the outfield.
2: So he had nine home runs in 18 games at AAA Reno, batting three thirteen.
1: Pretty good. Yeah. <clears throat> Mike Moustakis was moved to the 60-day IL because of his heel injury. The earliest he can return is mid-July. Is he droppable at this point? I would say that... In-
2: standard size 12 team leagues. If you're not talking about the expanded roto rosters. Yeah, it's pretty droppable.
1: Austin Gomber placed on the IL with left forearm tightness, just as he was really starting to figure it out. His last uh, seven or eight starts had been magnificent. So that's really frustrating. We don't have much details on on that. Well, we do have more now. um, Okay. They had an MRI
2: on the elbow. It came back clean sounds like he's not going to miss much time, but OK, that's good. We don't have specifics as to how much time we'll miss. Yeah,
1: uh, John Means has yet to throw off a mound. He's on the IL, dealing with that left shoulder strain. Another one that was very frustrating, given how good he was pitching. Corey Seeger could begin his rehab assignment Friday or Saturday. His reco- recovers from that fractured hand, like I mentioned earlier. Jeff McNeil is expected to return Monday from his uh, hamstring injury. Brandon Nimmo. Started his rehab assignment on Sunday with his finger injury, so they could be starting to get back to full health relatively soon. And you know, it's kind of funny. Francisco Lindor's been crushing the ball for the last like three weeks, and everybody else on the roster stopped hitting. So they could really use uh, they could really use go- those guys back.
2: Ah, uh, yes, I'm. I'm so sad for the first place Mets.
1: <laughs> Patrick Tragic. Wisdom has sat. Four of the last six games for the Cubs. Is he droppable? 55% rostered.
2: Yeah, I would say so. Sitting All right, despite
1: being Despite being limited with a shoulder injury, Brady Singer will start Tuesday against the Yankees. Wilson Ramos was released by the Tigers. Wouldn't be surprised if somebody snatched him up, but uh, after a couple of good weeks to start the season, he's been pretty awful. Aaron Sanchez moved to the 60-day di- de- 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 <laughs> IL, which means he can't return until early. July and starter sit for the upcoming week. Fernando Tatis, he exited Saturday's game after appearing to injure his left shoulder while diving for a ball. It's the same shoulder he messed up earlier in the season. He did not play Sunday. Are you starting Tatis?
2: All of the... Yes, I'm starting him because everything sounds positive Uh, coming from the Padres. They say it's not as bad as what happened earlier in the season. It was more precautionary than anything else. So yeah, definitely start Tatis.
1: Yeah, this is the third or fourth scare like this for Tatis, I think, because I think he mm. had one in spring training. Yeah, uh, before, like, the, the serious one. He's um, like the the Jacob deGrom of hitters. Or the, the Ronald Acuna of shortstops. Except Acuna is a different injury every time.
2: Mm. True.
1: Uh, Jose Ramirez dealing with a left foot injury. He suffered on Friday when he got uh, fouled a pitch off his foot, or it actually might have been a hit by pitch. He was able to pinch hit Sunday. Are you starting him this week? Yes. All right. Max Scherzer threw a 40-pitch bullpen session Saturday and plans to start Tuesday against the Phillies. Should you get him in your lineup?
2: Yes, you should. He lines up for two starts if he does indeed return Tuesday.
1: All right. Cody Bellinger and Max Muncy both expected to be activated from the IL Tuesday or Wednesday. Are you starting those two?
2: More likely Muncy. There's more eligibility there. You might need him more, and yep. he's actually performed when healthy. Uh, not, it's not a flat no to Bellinger, but I'd be more on the fence about him.
1: Adalberto Mondesi left Sunday's game with a side injury. Would you be comfortable starting him? I would not
2: because he's just coming back from an oblique injury. And man, I don't
1: know if you're ever comfortable
2: starting him. That sucks because he's crushed it when he's been in the lineup.
1: What, like the five games, I think it's, it's been? He's got like, like five
2: home runs in those yeah. five games or four. Uh,
1: Nelson Cruz was removed Sunday. This was a neck tightness thing. I hadn't seen that update. Um, Would you start him?
2: Yeah, I hadn't seen the latest on that either. Okay. He's, it seems, you know, he's, what, 40 years old? It seems like he's always a little banged up. So if unless this sounds more significant, I'd probably lean towards starting Cruz.
1: Yeah, I'm only 33 and I'm always uh, injured. So, you know, I can kind (laughs) of sympathize with that. We're going to take a quick break on the audio side. If you're watching on YouTube, stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: The all new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Worn by players like Michael Harris to meet the demand of elite ball players, the new balance fuel cell 4040 V7 is a versatile option. The 4040 V7 is built for the athlete who needs responsiveness and ability to cut and run at their full speed. The model features a fuel cell foam underfoot and a synthetic and mesh upper to provide breathability comfort and a snug fit as you round the bases the fuel cell midsole features nitrogen infused foam specifically designed to propel athletes forward learn more about the 4040 at newbalance.com
1: and we're back and we're welcome back we're going I, I wish this I wish I had the the drop that Adam used to do the welcome back uh cause we had some some big names come back, or I guess one big name and one guy who has been really good this season. Well, well we had uh, Aldo- like, Alberto Mondesi come back. Well, yeah, and then welcome back to not being back yeah. shortly thereafter. Byron Buxton back from the IL and picked up where he left off. Three for six with a home run. Two, run score, two RBI, one run scored in his two games this weekend. Start him everywhere. Colton Wong, four for 11, two runs, three RBI. In his three games, uh, started two of the three bad lead off both uh, and hit his fourth home run on Sunday. So, Cole Wong, he's been somebody in my Roto Leagues I've been very happy to to have around, and I'm happy to have him back. And then uh, almost welcome back to a handful of guys. We mentioned a few of them already, but I'll add in Kyle Tucker is expected to be activated this week. He's been dealing with a stomach flu. Um, I read that he lost something like 10 pounds while dealing with this illness so don't be surprised if you know he doesn't hit right away because it's coming back from that kind of illness can can really knock you out of things in the middle of the season so that'll be something to keep in mind i probably wouldn't start him this week but you know let him get his legs under him and uh let's take a look at the most added and most dropped hitters from the weekend most added Jake Jake Fraley's up to twenty nine percent. I added him in one of my twelve team roto leagues and at the outfield, he's uh, doing some really nice things, getting on base, running. Uh, Max Stassi, Bobby Bradley from the from Cleveland. I'm at Rosario, Joey Votto back from injury, Jesus Sanchez, uh, Marlins prospect, homered uh, for the first time in his career last week. Then Adam Duvalls, we talked about earlier, and Jonathan India. Which one of these guys stands out to you um, as someone who needs to be rostered in more leagues? India.
2: India is yeah. my favorite of this group. Uh, he's been everything like he, he's one of those guys where you wonder how much you should really count April because mm-hmm. it was that was just such a bad environment for hitting. And since uh, he, he missed some, he was out a few games at the beginning of May. I don't know if he was just. You know they were benching him because he wasn't performing well, but basically, he he got back in the lineup and stayed from May 13 on, and his numbers during that stretch are you know batting almost 300, OBP over 400, I think five home runs and five steals or something like that, and moved to the leadoff spot because of that. So, you know the the on base skills were 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 really the main thing he showed in the minors. Above everything else, he was thought to have more upside with the bat, but that wasn't in question. So now that we're seeing him do that, and with enough power and speed, I think, to for it to amount to something, uh, and he's dual eligible, yeah, I think Jonathan India, regardless of the format, is looking pretty interesting again.
1: Yeah, just to specify, it was the start of a series at Coors Field on May 13th. Uh, he had a 6-16 OPS in his first 26 games. Since then, he's hitting 317, 300 with an 898 OPS, a 25 homer, 20 steal, uh, 150 game pace since then. So, uh, Jonathan India, 59% rostered, worth adding in all formats. I think Ahmed Rosario at 53% is probably a little low. Um, you know, I guess he could be rostered in all roto formats, but I think. Um, you know, if he's out there in a roto league, I think he's probably someone who uh, you know deserves to be rostered more. And I think Jake Fraley's really interesting. His minor league numbers are—I don't know if you, if you guys talked about him much um, last week. I, I only listened to one episode. I'm, I'm going to be honest; I didn't listen. To all that, that's one more than I would have. <laughs> but <So. laughs> uh, you know he he has an OPS over 900 between Double A AA and Triple A. You know, only about 106 games between the two levels, but uh, 24 stolen bases, 21 home runs for Jake Fraley, and 106 games between double A AA and triple A. And so far in the majors, he's hitting 250, but he's walking a ton 22 walks, 21 strikeouts, and 87 plate appearances, four homers, five steals. I'm, you know, in any OBP league, I think he's probably uh, a must roster outfielder in roto. And, you know, I, I, put him picked him up in a 12 team five outfielder league where outfield's been a disaster for me so yeah just hoping uh hoping he can keep hitting well. yeah hopefully i
2: i haven't let vado go unrostered either in any yeah. of my leagues regardless of depth because the thing is like he may not help much in batting average but he'll walk yeah. and it, it looks like he's a power source again so even yeah, in the points
1: expected states, stats look really good for him still yeah um all right, most dropped players, Nick Solak, Merrill Kelly on the I. L with a fractured wrist, Jerkson Profar, Yarmin Mercedes, Garrett Hampson, Pavin Smith, Josh Fuentes, and Willie Calhoun. Any of those guys you think uh you know you, you would want to give a second thought to dropping? I don't really think so.
2: Well, I mean Nick Hampson, Solak, maybe. if 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 it's a big enough league, I think Nick Solak has been among the most dropped, but only dropped down to like seventy percent rostership or something like that. So uh, I, I totally understand why all of these players are on this list. They've all lost value over the past two to four weeks. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Paven Smith is going to bounce back with numbers like we were seeing a couple weeks ago, but that's, that's not, you know, even at his best, he's not especially high impact.
1: All right, let's look at some of the most added, most dropped pitchers. Ross Stripling up to 41% for a two-start week. Vladimir Gutierrez up to fifty-one percent. I would guess that's going to drop after he had a poor start Sunday. Uh, Sammy Long, Ryan Yarbrough at seventy-five percent. Jake Odorizzi at forty-six. James Caprillian seventy-one percent. Logan Gilbert at sixty-nine, and Patrick Sandoval. I think the uh, the standouts on that list, and you can tell me if if you disagree. But I think Caprillian at seventy-one, Logan Gilbert at sixty-nine, and, and Patrick Sandoval at twenty percent. I think all of those guys could be higher.
2: Yeah, I agree. Uh, what's interesting about Sandoval is he had 11 strikeouts mm-hmm. Sunday, right? I think it was, think it was nine
1: strikeouts. It was hit almost his second uh, t- double-digit start in his last three. He had nine Sunday, I think.
2: Nine Sunday? Okay, and he had... Okay. But he nine hasn't... The so the strikeouts have been there for him for the most part. Was it a nine-strikeout game? I can't find the number mm-hmm. right now. It was. Okay. okay. Um but the swinging strikes since that 32-swinging strike effort really haven't. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what to make of that, but being only 20% rostered, I mean, that's, that's somebody you could take a flyer on just about anywhere. And the changeup does look like a special pitch for him, if, if that's all he has. Yeah, Gilbert and Caprillion, they're, they're the most rostered here. Well, Yarbrough, I guess, is up there too. I'd rather, I'd rather have Caprillion and Gilbert for the upside yep. than Yarbrough.
1: Yeah, caprelian especially, 42 strikeouts, 70, uh, 17 walks, and 38 innings. Uh, so far this season with 284 ERA, that's pretty good. Uh, and the most dropped, unless there was something you wanted to add. Well, I just, Sam Long, I'm not
2: yes. I'm not exactly anxious to pick him up. He had six strikeouts, two runs
1: allowed against the Phillies today.
2: Yeah, um, the outings have been short for the most part, but they've been getting longer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to know what to make of his minor league track record because he was awesome in in the little bit he pitched to AAA this year. 2019, he was, he was at low
1: A. <laughs> so, yeah. I really no idea how to assess Sam Long other than... But it's the Giants. Great place to pitch and they've done a really good job of getting yes. the most out of guys recently.
2: So, in a 22 and two thirds innings at AAA this year, 199 ERA, 0.79 whip, 14.7 strikeouts per nine. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was just there, there's, there's not really anything to see in the minor league track record beyond that because it was yeah. so far down.
1: All right. And the most dropped pitchers. Let me know if there's anyone here who you think uh, deserves a second shot. Martin Perez, Chris Bubich, Ryan Weathers, Jackson Coher. Michael Pineda, Jesus Lazardo, Tucker Davidson and Tyler glass. Now obviously glass now with the injury and Luzeta, Luzardo pitching poorly <laughs> out of the bullpen for the A's right now. I did actually drop him uh, in a 12 team yeah. Roto league. And
2: I did too. 12 um, team points. I didn't
1: league. want to, I wish I didn't have to, but uh, His ERA was is almost a at option. seven now. Yep. <laughs> See, yep. He's, like he's the way he's pitching in
2: relief, I don't know why they'd move him back to the rotation.
1: Yeah, he's given up, I believe, five home runs in like two innings or something since moving to the bullpen. It's it's a it's a wild number. So yeah, it's been uh it's been really bad.
2: Um M- Michael Pineda, if you if you were able to stash him in the IL spot, in an IL spot, I wouldn't want to drop him. Yeah. Uh Tucker Davidson it all makes sense that he's on this list because he probably got picked up in too many leagues just because he was in line for two starts last week. Mm-hmm. But he's not expected to be out for long. And, you know, so if you play in like a 15-team league, maybe don't be so quick to drop him.
1: All right, let's talk about some pitchers who struggled over the weekend and whether there's anything to be concerned about there. Corbin Burns, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't as bad as the previous start, but his two worst starts of the season coming back to back with uh, a drop in his... Spin rate, 5.1 innings at Colorado, so like, you know, you're grading on a curve. Uh, Eight hits, four earned runs, two walks, six strikeouts. Not a terrible start by any means for Corbin, Corbin Burns, but, you know, certainly not the elite pitcher that we were getting earlier in the season. What's mm-hmm. your level of concern with Corbin Burns here?
2: Probably like a four. It's not nothing. The okay. spin on the cutter was only down about 50 RPM this time, which isn't isn't that bad. I kind of normal start to start variance, So not as bad as the last time, but the velocity was down 1.2 miles per hour. And the walks Mm -hmm. have been up lately, which has been an issue for him in the past and, and might be related to, you know, it's, it's not all about spin with the, the sticky substances. Uh, The reason why batters were willing to let pitchers get away with it for so long is because they didn't want to get hit by pitches. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, It's not nothing, what the 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 warning signs for Burns, but I'll still I'll still trust him to be a really good pitcher rest of season.
1: Lance Lynn gave up five earned runs and four innings on eight hits against Houston on Sunday. He did strike out six, walked one. This is a really tough Astros lineup, even with Alex Bregman out. He he did have some some spin rate. Noteworthy drops 194 RPM on average with his four seam fastball 113 134 on the cutter and sinker. So not quite as extreme there. Um, Anything, you know, I I would say anything above like the hundred areas where it's noteworthy anything around 200, I, I think is, you know, at least statistically important, if not, you know, meaningful moving forward necessarily. Uh, any concern there, you know, for me, the thought is just because he's so reliant on his fastballs and he doesn't have, you know, this deep bag of tricks that he can pull from, you know, he does seem to rely, uh, the, you know, I guess the, he might be someone who relies more on, on minor differences, making a big difference, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, that's a good thought. I mean, that's part of the reason why I was worried about him at the start of the season. This is the first start where things have gone sideways for him. And it was against the Astros. His ERA is above two for the first time. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll we'll see how the next start goes. But in and of itself, this doesn't worry me too much.
1: Got to be worried about Aaron Nola at this point, right? I mean, I I feel like we were probably worried about him uh, a decent amount before. But two and a third innings, six hits, six earned runs, three walks, one strikeout today. What are your thoughts on Aaron Nola at this point?
2: I don't know. That's because I I don't see any like major warning signs. Do you?
1: Beyond the fact that he's getting hit really hard. Yeah. Well, beyond that, I mean, which the I mean, my mind in this part mo- is, but this was the only one, really. Right. Yeah.
2: He's a much better walk rate. Well, this is his best walk rate ever, except for yeah. uh, the 13 start rookie season. Um, you know, when when. That's happening. My, I wonder if there's a pitch tipping situation going on. But I'm sure, I'm sure he would be the first to look into that. Uh, he was brilliant last time out. It, it seemed yeah. like he was getting back on track. So, I don't know. He's a head scratcher. I'm, I'm kind of just, I've kind of just been sticking with him where I have him, and that's probably still what I'm going to do. But it's, it's, it's annoying.
1: Yeah, I think when you look at the numbers, it's the four seam fastball has just been getting crushed. He's got a 395X wobo allowed with it. It was 300 last season, and he's throwing it more. Uh, 39% so far this season. It was 25% last season. So, you know, it it could be something as simple as he hasn't had the feel for the changeup, which is, you know, his usage for that is uh, down 5% for percentage points from last season. That's worth noting, but. I agree. It's a, it's like a less extreme version of what Luis Castillo was going through earlier in the season. He's starting to pull it around. So, you know, when there's not like a glaring sign, it, it, you tend to default to your priors a little more. Robbie Ray, not a great start today. Four and a third, six hits, two earned runs, five strikeouts, two walks. He still has 37 strikeouts to the seven walks and 22 and two thirds innings pitched in June. Any concern about this start or just, a no. random, tough start. I think
2: just a random, tough start. I think it
1: was, when was that, Saturday? Saturday. I think so, yeah.
2: Yeah. What
1: about Alex Wood? He struggled in his most recent, <laughs> only won three innings. Uh, things have not been as good for him over his last five starts. Um, Is ERA he raised- ballooned from 193 to... 409. He has a 788 ERA over the last five. Are you dropping Alex Wood at this point?
2: Uh maybe in like a 10-teamer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's in 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 points leagues, which are generally the smaller roster leagues. Um He's
1: RP eligible. RP eligible, right. Yeah. That
2: that and, and he still has an awesome ground ball rate. It's still one of the best ground ball rates, and it's like 55 percent So his ex FIP has jumped uh, it's up around four I think I think it's a little over four during this <laughs> at, while this has been going on so it doesn't like him that much anymore and his strikeout rate I think he's at less than one per inning now uh, He's he's been you know he, he, he's been getting he's been getting roughed up legitimately here recently mm-hmm. but because that ground ball rate is so high and because honestly his track record is really good <laughs> Apart from I mean,
1: when he's healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: so I'd be inclined to stick with him if possible.
1: What about Alec Manoa? Three and a third innings, uh, five earned runs, four hits, one walk, four home runs allowed. He's now allowed seven in 22, 23 and two thirds innings. Uh, overall with 27 strikeouts, he's got a 418 ERA. Uh, he's yeah. basically only had two starts with this, with the Homer problem. though. he gave up three against the Marlins in his second start. And four against the Orioles in his most recent one on Saturday. The Orioles had a
2: had a weekend.
1: Yes, they did. Cedric Mullins in particular, but also Ryan Mountcastle and uh, Mountcastle.
2: Mountcastle had a three homer game. Cedric Mullins back to back two homer games. Man, how legit is he looking? Yeah. And yeah, man, seen with the two homer game. But uh, by the way, Alex Woods' ex-fit is only three sixty nine, so not that bad. The xERA is well over four at this point. Okay. But anyway, back to Manoa. Um, yeah, the fly ball rate is above 50%. That's really high. And mm-hmm. he was he had a high fly ball rates in the minors as well. So that's going to be a concern. He hasn't missed as many bats as I thought he was going to.
1: Yeah.
2: So that combined with the fly balls. Yeah, it's a 12% uh, swing strike rate right now. Yeah, I'm... I'm I'm starting starting to get a icky feeling here. I'm not saying I'm dumping him, but All
1: right. Well rank confident. him rank him with these four other pitchers who struggled this weekend. Taiwan Walker, Nathan Avaldi, Zach Eflin, Domingo Armand. Where would Alec Manoa rank? And how would you rank that five?
2: I think Manoa would be at the bottom for me.
1: Wow, below Domingo Armand. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Armand's got a seven eighty seven eleven ERA in June. Well,
2: two starts ago, his ERA was 312.
1: Yeah. It's over a four now. Of yeah.
2: yeah, a couple of rough ones. Only, only one in which he gave up home runs, this most recent one Saturday. He didn't give up any home runs in that first one. So, you know, basically, every bad start he's had this year, but one was home run related. But, you know, he was probably overachieving with the 312 ERA. He does have a 440 XFIP on the year. It's close between those two. I would say they're definitely four and five. Ranking the rest, I'd go Walker 1, Valdi 2, Eflin 3, Herman 4, Manoa 5.
1: All right, let's look at some of the other performances from over the weekend. Trevor Bauer had a, a little bit of a blip in his previous start, but he was very good against the Diamondbacks on Friday. One earned run in seven innings, eight strikeouts, three walks. I'm kind of thinking it, we might get a version of Trevor Bauer where the control is not as good as we've seen in the last couple of seasons but he's still pretty good. Um you know that that's kind yeah, of where I'm, I'm, I'm I mean I I
2: I think he goes from being a top 5 pitcher to a top 10 pitcher.
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: he only had like the the swinging strikes have gone down. His, his yeah. stuff has been not as good as his spin rate has plummeted. I mean he's Been the biggest drop of spin rate for anybody, right? Like over three hundred. Yeah, I mean he had the biggest
1: rise of anyone over the last two seasons. So yeah, yeah. So that makes sense. Parabolic curve or whatever. Yeah, use that correctly. I'm not very smart.
2: I don't know. I didn't follow you. I was thinking about what I was going to say next. Sorry, makes sense. (laughs) Now I forgot what I was going to say next.
1: All right, we'll just move on then. Carlos Rodon, another amazing start. Uh, I believe he had a no-hit bid going into the sixth in this one. Ultimately, he ended up giving three hits, one earned run to the Astros. Very tough matchup on the other side. This probably might have been the uh, might have been the pitching matchup of the weekend. Luis Garcia, seven innings pitched, eight strikeouts, two walks. White Sox lineup isn't particularly great right now. Uh, they're in a bit of a skid, but he's looking pretty good right now. And One question I did want to ask you for a couple other good pitchers on Friday. Chris Paddock or Yusei Kikuchi rest of season, where would you go? Paddock had 11 strikeouts in five innings, uh, 26 strikeouts, two walks in 17 innings in three June starts. Yusei Kikuchi has just been, he's pitched like an ace for like almost two months now. In his last nine starts, 253 RA, 61 strikeouts, and 57 innings over his last nine.
2: Well, this is an absurd choice you're presenting to me because nobody should have to choose between these two. They're both must roster in my mind. But I would go Kikuchi over Paddock. I paddock though, if while well, everybody's spin rates are falling, his are holding steady. And remember he he needed to pick up spin at the start yeah. of the season. He has. And, and and that's been going on for going on for a while now. And you know, turned in the big strikeout total finally over the weekend on Friday. Um, yeah, I 19 whiffs. He looks good again. Paddock looks good.
1: He does. Uh, Walker Bueller looked excellent on Saturday, had a no hitter into the eighth against the, uh, Diamondbacks 11 strikeouts, seven and one third innings. in that one, I want to check out the spin rates. They were down. He was another guy who had a spin rate increase this season. Um, but his velocity was up, and so, you know, it, it seemed like he was kind of making a conscious choice, trading some, he was throwing like a mile and a half lower this season, but with a higher spin rate. So, you know, if he can get the fastball velocity back up in the 96 and a half mile per hour range, I think you probably don't lose much there. Pablo Lopez was excellent again. From Valdez was excellent again. We talked about Patrick Sandoval. What about Chris Bassett? Where would you rank him among the Paddock and Kikuchi? Is he a must-roster pitcher still? Yeah, no? he is. Yeah. Yep. Uh
2: I moved to three ninety seven
1: ERA in June, three ninety-three in April, two fifty-two in May. There you go. Interesting, it's- uh interesting up and down there. I think he's probably closer to the June and April no- mark number, but he's proven us wrong for two years running now.
2: Yeah, I have um forty two in my starting pitcher rankings that last update. Makes sense. That was almost a week ago, so it's a little outdated, but Yeah, I would say Bassett's must roster. He's really proved me wrong. And, I mean, the strikeouts have been a lot better this year than they were last year. So, good for him.
1: Luis Castillo on Sunday, six innings pitched, seven strikeouts, two earned runs. He's got a 219 ERA, 26 strikeouts, in 24 and two-thirds innings pitched in four June starts. Are we good with Luis Castillo? We're trusting him moving forward? Chris was right. Can you say Chris was right? Chris Chris was right, sure. Yeah. <sighs> I finally said it. It's been 10 years. Gunjin <laughs> Ryu, <laughs> Ryu versus the Orioles. Seven innings, one earned run. Kenta Maeda. Uh, he's got 11 strikeouts and four walks, three earned runs and nine and a third since coming back from the IL. Five and a third innings, four strikeouts. Where are you on Maeda right now?
2: Uh, Scott was wrong about Kenta Maeda. This is the player I feel worst about,
1: actually. Okay. You gave up on him?
2: No, no.
1: For oh, liking, for oh, okay, having him so as a top twelve so pitcher okay, coming into okay. the year,
2: I'm not saying he's useless now, mm-hmm. but he's not that useful either. <laughs> okay. He's had one six inning start, and in, I think in eleven that eleven starts he's made this year,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and only gone six innings once. It's not like it. It's not like they've been the most reliable five and a third innings either. He's been decent since coming back from the IL, but I just, just not that big of a
1: deal. Do you like him or Lance McCullers more? McCullers had four walks, four strikeouts, two earned runs allowed in six innings. I would say McCullers. Interesting. McCullers has a 2.90 ERA, but a four Oh nine FIP. And he has historically been a pitcher who has underperformed his FIP. So that's interesting. He's a little different now because he does have a, a deeper arsenal than he did early on in his career. Um, underperformed yeah.
2: his FIP, like his FIP would say one thing and he'd be even... He would be, be better. Like,
1: than, yeah, yeah, he would be like a 3.65. I think his career ERA is 3.65-ish and his career FIP is like 3.3. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, the walk rate's really high. That seems to be yep. impacting the... The ground ball rate is still awesome. The yep. strikeout rate is about what it's always been. Which is good, but not great anymore. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I like him more than Maeda, All right. to go back to your original question. Do you like Denelson LeMet
1: or Casey Mize rest of season?
2: That's a good question, because you know yeah. Mize's innings are going to start to
1: to slip. He's uh, had homer issues in June, too. Six, earn, six allowed in four June starts.
2: But I will say over his past seven starts, he has a 12.2 swinging strike rate. That's much better that's decent yeah I mean yeah. much better busy ra during that stretch I didn't include today's game in it but it's I would guess it's it, it was below three before today's game moved up a little uh I would say I I, I, th- I think I would still lean Mize, though lamet certainly has more upside you're just you, you're you're trusting that they're gonna keep upping his pitch count from start to start
1: mm-hmm Feels like a an oversight here that we didn't mention Shane McClanahan until the fifty seven minute mark. Oh, uh, that eight strikeouts, six innings, three hits allowed, one earned run. This is kind of the the start we wanted to see from Shane McClanahan, right? So two in a row, more than eighty pitches. Mm-hmm. They they continue to build them up. Today. This
2: this was his first six inning start. If he qualified, he would be behind only Jacob Degrom in swinging strike rate. He's so, got
1: kind of ridiculous stuff.
2: So, yeah, I mean, if 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 they're going to make him a more traditional starting pitcher, they, they kind of need him to be with glass now down, then uh, it could be really exciting. He's less than 60% rostered.
1: All right, who do you have the most interest in out of this group of lower-end starting pitchers? Caleb Smith, who had six shutout innings against the Dodgers. Alex Cobb gave up one run in five and two-thirds. Colby Allard, two earned runs in six innings against the twins. John Lester, two earned runs in six innings against the Mets. Uh, and JT Brubaker, who struck out nine and six innings against the, against Cleveland this weekend. Who would be your favorite out of that group of five?
2: Well, probably Montgomery, but I suspect he's also the most rostered by far.
1: Jordan Montgomery. Yeah. I didn't mention him in this. Yeah. But one oh. earned run five and a third, but that's fine. Okay. I
2: saw him in the notes. Sorry. Yep. Um, just oh, always between, thinking about what you're gonna say. Yeah, I guess so. I I mean it'd probably be the second most rostered Brubaker. I know he's been kind of shaky, but still a lot of ground balls. Occasionally he pulls out a good strikeout game like this. Uh I just think I think he's gonna be useful off and on all season long. I did pick up Caleb Smith in a fifteen team league. Same. I, I did put in a bid for Colby Allard in a 15-team league. He is a better swinging striker than ever. The velocity's been decent. Not saying he's going to be a huge bat misser or anything.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, the season numbers are good. Uh, yeah, I mean, Cobb had a big swinging strike start with a lot of splitters against the Tigers, but, you know, the, the previous two starts were bad.
1: Uh, what's I what's interesting... I think he's, like, on the verge. I think Alex Cobb's going to be good moving forward.
2: He might be, because... Huge drop in spin rate on the splitter, which is a good thing for the splitter. Mm-hmm. And you know that's his primary pitch. Basically, it it's, it came through for him in a big game this weekend, obviously. But I've noticed that with Frankie Molentas too. The 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 spin rate on his splitter's been collapsing, and his production has been moving up mm-hmm. too. And I just wonder, w- were they using substances, and it was messing up no their idea. best pitch? I have no idea. It, it, doesn't that seem like a possibility? like maybe it it was having a negative impact on their best pitch maybe because because it's been dropping it's been dropping like 200 rpm for both that's what
1: you would want from yeah you would want a splitter because you want that splitter to dive off the table and so when you have less backspin because you're throwing it like a fastball you want less backspin talk about a handful of the big hitters from the weekend we talked about cedric Mullins earlier five for 13 four home runs over the weekend he's got 13 homers and 12 steals he's on like a Was that a 30, like a 25, 25 pace while hitting 319? That's pretty good. Adam Duvall, we also talked about. Ryan Mountcastle had a three home run game on Saturday, eight home runs in 17 games uh, over his last 17 games. Francisco Lindor, he's hitting 275. His pace in the month of June for a 150 game season, 32 homers, eight steals, 79 RBI, 111 runs. He's pretty much been Francisco Lindor since the start of June. I think he'll continue to be Francisco Lindor. Uh, Gary Sanchez, three for seven this weekend, two doubles, a home run, three RBI. Sitting 315 with five home runs and 12 RBI in June. Is he back to being a top 12 catcher?
2: Yeah, I would say so. It's, it's not hard to break into that group. Back to being a
1: top six catcher.
2: Mm-hmm. It's not hard to break into that group either. I mean, he might be number six now okay. that yeah, now that Carson Kelly's hurt, and Carson Kelly wasn't playing that well anyway. Yeah. I, I might have I might have Sanchez number six now, yeah.
1: What about Harold Ramirez? Three for eight with three home runs. He's hitting 273 with a 492 slug in 41 games for Cleveland. Is he uh, is he someone who needs to be in more rosters? Looking up I the roster percentage now. I think it's like 37%.
2: I don't think so. He hasn't. He hasn't been playing super consistently and oh, he's, he's he's he hits the ball on the ground a lot and, and and this year is no exception. So one big weekend isn't really enough to win me over.
1: Willie Adamas continues to hit really well with the Brewers. He went six for 17 with four runs, four RBI and a four game series at Colorado, 280, 18 RBI, 14 runs and 28 games with Milwaukee. Luis Arias has been really good. Uh, since becoming you know more of an everyday player at third base for the Brewers. Seven for 15, five runs, four RBI in that weekend series at Colorado. 274 with an OPS over 900 uh, in the month of June. Really good plate discipline numbers for Luis Arias, and he's playing pretty much every day. He was batting leadoff, but with Colton Wong back, I think he was back to fifth or sixth in the lineup on Sunday. But Luis Arias, post-type sleeper. He's he's looking okay. I'm starting him in utility in a in a... 12-team Roto League. Um, it's been so. one of your favorites. All right. And Mike Jastrzemski was a big disappointment early on, but he's got three home runs, 11 RBI, and 10 games since coming back from the IL. He's 10 for 36 in that stretch. And Akil Badu, he had a three-game series against the Angels where he went four for nine with three walks, no strikeouts. In the month of June, he's hitting 350, 351 with six walks, six strikeouts in 43 plate appearances. With three stolen bases, he's back down to twenty-five percent rostered. But the improved swinging strike, uh, improved plate discipline, is making me kind of interested in Akil Badu again. Uh, He's not playing quite every day, but um, he's not like a part-time player either. If that makes sense,
2: like two out of three, it looks like he's been starting recently. Uh, Yeah, I mean, keep an eye. Like he's shown. You know, another guy, because he was a Rule 5 pick and because there was no minor league season last year, we're looking at lower minor league numbers. But he he showed good plate discipline down there. so And he showed good plate discipline this spring.
1: Good athleticism, good raw power. There's Mm -hmm. skills there for sure. All right, and then some uh, noteworthy bullpen things. Taylor Rogers got his seventh save on Saturday. Hansel Robles got the save on Sunday. Kevin Kendall Graveman blew his first save on Saturday. Still has a 131 ERA. Tyler Chatwood got a save on Sunday, but Jordan Romano had worked two innings on Saturday. Uh, Brad Boxberger got his third save Sunday. Hader had worked the previous two games. Jake McGee got his 14th save. Lou Trevino got his 12th. It's increasingly looking like that's his job. Greg Holland got his fourth save for the Royals. (laughs) They don't have a closer. Who do you think is most likely to get the next one? Between it's him and Josh Stomont. And actually, that was Holland's first in a while.
2: Yeah. I mean, my guess would be Holland, but it's not, it's not yeah. with a lot of conviction. I, it concerned me that Josh Stomont had worked once in the previous five days and they turned yeah. to Holland for the save. So, not, yeah, uh, that's fair. not looking good for Stomont.
1: All right, let's talk about some streamers for Monday. Let's give you I'll give you six options and y- you tell me if three of them are good enough to stream. Jake Odorizzi at Baltimore, Adbert Alzale coming back from the IL against Cleveland. Jay Hap versus the Reds. Brett Anderson at Arizona, Merrill Kelly and Keegan Aiken versus Houston. You like any of those guys? I know you like Adbert Alzale. Do you like any of the other ones?
2: Not really, not really. If you're forcing me to pick a couple, Odorizzi. Yeah, And Odorizzi. Maybe, maybe Brett. An- I haven't seen what, I don't remember what Brett Anderson's been doing recently, but you know, he's, he's pretty Arizona. good at keeping runs off the board, and it's Arizona.
1: Yeah. What about Tuesday? Bailey Aubert versus Cincinnati, Johan Oviedo versus Detroit, Ross Stripling at Miami, Cole Irvin at Texas, Andrew Heaney versus the Giants. And Chris Flexen versus the Rockies, like oh, wow. any of those guys in Seattle. I think Fred Flexen Anderson against.
2: Awesome last time. Okay, sorry. Okay. Look at Tuesday now. Um, yeah, I would say <sighs> Andrew Heaney's always so boomer bust. But maybe he'll maybe he'll give you the positive side of that. Chris Flexen going against the Rockies outside of Coors Field. That's not so bad. Uh, Russ Stripling's probably the best choice here. Sorry. Yeah, yeah at Miami coming off a great start. I don't hate Cole Irvin (laughs) at Texas either. I I think those four are pretty decent. Stripling, Flex, and Irvin Heaney. None of them must start, but they're they're all interesting enough.
1: All right. That's going to do it for Monday's episode of the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. I'm Chris Towers. That's Scott White. Frank will hopefully be feeling better on Monday, and he'll you know, bail me out from having to host again because I'm exhausted, I'm sweaty. I'm just I I really want to go to sleep now. So please, Frank, come back. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye.
2: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.